We now return to Beyond Synth. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 12. Uh, my name is Andy Last. On the show today, uh, this is a big one, it's Perturbator. And if you've listened to any previous episodes, you will know that I have mentioned it many times that Perturbator was the music that got me into the scene, and you're going to hear me say that again when I talk to him. Also, Perturbator was cool enough to give me a sample of his album, which is not actually going to be out until 2014, so that's cool, and I'll play just a short sample of that at the end of the show. And uh, that's all I have to say, so here is my conversation with Perturbator. doing today uh fine fine uh a bit bored bored <laughs> bored yeah no that's the word <laughs> okay like a wooden board is said the same way okay thanks for the tips yeah. <laughs> that's what this whole thing will be me giving you uh, english tips and i'll do some terrible french i'll do half the podcast in french <laughs> Hello et bienvenue à beyond synth je m'appelle andy last you know what maybe i can translate what would my name be in French? Be Andre? Andy's not really a French name. Last in English means like the end of something. Yeah. The last one. Okay. So in French, we say le dernier. Your, your name will be André le dernier. All right, here we go. <laughs> Allô et bienvenue à Beyond Synth. Je m'appelle André Le Dernier. Uh, Aujourd'hui, uh, sur le programme, uh, j'avais... I got nothing. I can't do the rest. <laughs> that's as far as I can go. <laughs> well, that's a nice try. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm here today with... Uh, so, James Kent, that's your real name? Yes. That's my real name. That doesn't sound very French to me. Well, it's because my dad is English. Oh, there you go. And uh, my parents wanted to name... Uh, they wanted a name for me that wasn't translatable. Right. Like uh, Andy translate to André. Mm -hmm. In France, there's no French trans translation. So it's just James. So how do they say that then? Like, how do your friends... Because since it's not like a French name... Do people still yeah. add, like, a French accent to it when they say James? Like, do they go, like, James or whatever? Or do they just say James? They just say James, like that. Hello, James! <laughs> yeah. Comme ça? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whenever I think of typical French names, Francois comes to mind. <laughs> Jean-Claude, Jean-Pierre, names uh, with Jean in front of them. Well, but these names are, are quite awful. 
if you'd ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Even for French standards, names like Roger, stuff like that sounds a bit weird to me. I think also, too, when there are certain names from certain generations of people or certain times, yeah. there are some names that people just don't really have anymore. Like, uh, you know, there will be old women called like Mabel and Gertrude. Nobody would call their kid that now. <laughs> yeah, we have the same in France. Like Gertrude in France, it's Gertrude. They are all people's names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the very beginning, they were designed to be old. <laughs> the reason why it's actually cool that we're talking yeah. is your music was the music that got me into the scene. Because of Outline Miami. Yes. What happened was I was looking for music to listen to. I said, okay, I'll search for the top video game soundtracks of 2013. That's what I typed into Google. And Hotline Miami came up and then, you know, I downloaded the soundtrack and I just remember working and listening to the music and your song, Miami Disco, every time that song would come up, like I wasn't looking to who the artists were. I was just listening to the album, but that song was so fucking awesome. <laughs> and I just kept on listening. And then finally, I'm just like, what the, who the fuck is this song by, man? Like this song is amazing. So the reason why I discovered all of this stuff is because at first, and you know, I'm not really proud of this. I first looked for uh, a torrent for your music. Well, you can. I don't really mind. But the thing was, I couldn't find one. My whole attitude towards the music has kind of changed in a way. I had this assumption that, oh, if someone has their music on a video game, they must be some, you know, big producer or something. Yeah. And it's not the case. <laughs> and so I found that out, you know, trying to find your music. Then I discovered Bandcamp because I did a search for you. And then I found Bandcamp. And then through Bandcamp, I discovered the scene because of the, the 80s tags or the synthwave tags or whatever. Yeah. It was that music that sort of got me into the whole thing. <laughs> Thanks. Well, let's cover this now. How do you say it? How do I say it? How do you say it? That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> In France, we say perturbateur. And when I made that name, I really didn't thought, oh, we could spell it in English. Right. A friend of mine uh, named, uh, you probably know him, it's Arcade High. Arcade High, yeah. Ryan Boozle. He told me, perturbateur sounds like masturbator. <laughs> and... <laughs> And he basically said to me, like, don't say it like that. Say it like Jupiter, <laughs> like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know. It's up to you, man. That's why I've been dodging saying it. I mean, I think I say perturbator. Yeah. Say it like that, man. Like, is the French the same meaning or like? Yeah, it's the same, it's the same meaning. It's like someone who perturbates. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Where did you come up with that? Oh man, I, I don't really remember. I, I guess it, it has something to do with that 80s cliche movies in the 80s. Every action movie has hater in the name, like Terminator, Predator. We, we, <laughs> I'll go on I'll go on internet movie database and I'll come up with a I'll come up with a list. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, so that just came from that basically. I wanted to do something like Oh, has someone already made perturbator? No? Well, well, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
before you actually were doing stuff as Perturbator, were you in a band? Yeah, I was in a, um, <laughs> a death metal band. Nice. Called I, the Omniscient. My God. So is that the same word in French or were you operating under an English word? Same word in French. Omniscient, we say in French. Right. Well, the name is English because we don't want we, we don't want it to call it moi l'omniscient. Oui, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I the omniscient. Were these like friends from school or Yeah, basically. Just me and a bunch of friends making music. I, I was playing guitar. Okay. Was it like a super serious project or was it just kind of for fun? We just made one EP mm -hmm. and we split the band uh, right in the middle of making an album. So it could have been something serious, but uh, it's not really now. Is there tracks on on the web? Yeah, you can find them on Bandcamp and YouTube if you, if you type the name. How long was it before you guys sort of split up that band that you started doing electronic music? Three or two years ago. Do you have like a musical background? See, I'm trying to figure it out because what blows my mind about you specifically is, you know, I've talked to lots of people who make music, you know, in this scene. Mm -hmm. And they're usually around a certain age. <laughs> so like mo most of them are, you know, kind of around 30. These are people who, you know, they were they were kids during the 80s. There's a nostalgia for that time. Yeah. And when I first heard your music and when I saw the artwork you use to represent you, I had no idea how young you were <laughs> because I thought for sure, I'm like, this dude's going to be an old dude. <laughs> There's something about it where you gave off the vibe that this guy's old, older. And so it was really surprising to me because as I've gotten in touch with more people and I see, okay, you know, I've talked to some people who are like, you know, 26, you know, in that sort of range. And I think there was one person I was in contact with who was maybe like 23 or something. And I thought, well, that's going to be the youngest person I talked to for sure. <laughs> it's really surprising to me, one, that you sort of have this sound and this sort of 80s kind of vibe to it, being how young you are, and, and, and also that the music is so good. It's really v very awesome music. You sort of progressed very quickly is what I'm saying. The only thing I can tell you to explain this really is that when I was a young child, my parents would let me see any movies I wanted to see. Yeah. And had this huge VHS collection uh, of movies like Evil Dead, Back to the Future, Blade Runner, stuff like that. Right. I basically wanted to see them all at a very young age. When I was very young, I already have seen a lot of 80s movies and uh, my mother made me listen to New Wave a lot, New Wave and Metal. <laughs> she introduced me to bands like Dep Depeche Mode mm -hmm. and uh, also Pantera, Metallica, stuff like that. 
I guess it just grew on me. Even if I wasn't born in the in the eighties, I feel like I experienced this all eighties stuff with music and movies. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You sound like you have cool parents. Yeah. <laughs> My mom is French, but the music that they'd listen to was that lame old French music stuff like the <laughs> George Brassard and all these things. So <laughs> It sounds awesome. You guys are listening to cool music, and like whenever <laughs> my mom would play music, it'd be that Ooh, Champs Elysees, and like that. <laughs> my mom wasn't listening to Pantera, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, my parents are actually rock critics. That's why I mainly listen to music from America. Like they write for a magazine, or yeah, my dad is um, a writer, and he wrote uh, two books about uh, all 70s uh, rock stuff with Iggy Pop and all these guys. And my mother is a huge, huge metal fan. She loves Alice in Chains and Pantera, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Were they musical? Like, I mean, did they have instruments around the house? or? Yeah, when I was like very young, my dad used to play synthesizer, and there uh, were a couple of them all around the house. And I sat uh, right uh, beside him and play with him. But you know, I, I was young, so I couldn't play shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was introduced to thick instruments very young. You were absorbing all of this stuff then, and fast forward. Yeah, without even knowing it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I just grew up like that. So if we fast forward a bit here, what was the... So once you became Perturbator, now, did you make any music before you sort of came up with the name? Or was that sort of you just decided this is what I am? Or did you name yourself when you released your first EP? The name was the first thing uh, I found, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I found the name, and after I did the music, and I thought the music should be complementary of the name. You chose to go kind of in a darker direction because this was sort of like the name you had chosen? Yeah, and, and because I love... I was always a horror buff. Out of all the things I've seen like in movies, I was more into, like like Jake Freeman said in your interview, like in slasher movies and sci-fi movies so mm -hmm. that just came up naturally what was the first ep that you did was it the night driving avenger one i did a couple of um really bad stuff like <laughs> <laughs> really bad songs like i was the kind of guy who made songs and just released them before even like saying to myself if it's good or not so before the night driving avenger ep i had another release but it was just a couple of shit songs, like demos. Right. So the Night Driving Avenger EPs, I'd say it's officially my first. I'd like to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened to the other ones? Did you just uh, quietly remove them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I released them under the name Ellie Works, just with a just a link, really. If people are interested to hear the, the, this kind of stuff, they can click on it and, and listen to it, but I don't consider it my first sound. Well, I think it's always interesting if people are fans of your music, because I know Jake 
uh, Freeman, he did um, with the last thing he released, a Neon Collie. Yeah. And he put on like one of his old tracks on it as a as a bonus. He got balls to do that because, because yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I did <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he had balls to do that. Oh, fuck. (laughs) For anyone listening, uh, uh, (laughs) he keeps saying parska instead of because. Okay. He had balls. (laughs) Now it's just awesome. You're just fighting with your French side. There's like two of you there and we're going to see which one's going to win. He had balls to do that. Round two, fight. He had balls to do that because I wouldn't release this myself. Most producers are quite ashamed of their early stuff. Mm -hmm. From the audience's point of view, it's neat to see the progression. Yeah. But I I mean, it makes sense why you would want to hide it. But at the same time, it's uh, it is interesting. Do you have a favorite track from uh, the Night Driving Avenger? My favorite one I did in this EP was probably the first one. It's called uh, Grimheart. Yeah, yeah, Grimheart's a cool track. What I like about your music in particular is that you do have a very defined sound. Yeah. That's not to say there's not other producers in the scene that do have, you know, their their own sound. But I find, you know, if I'm listening to a compilation and I haven't looked at the track list, if a Perturbator song comes on, I know it's you. You know, because a lot of people, they're, they're trying to emulate a particular type of sound or they're doing, you know, many different types of genres, which is, is also cool. Well, from the beginning, I never really wanted to do real synthwave, you know, like making 80s music. I just, I always wanted to do like electronic music inspired by the 80s. I always said that. That's why it doesn't sound really... 80s. I've witnessed a few of those debates uh, happening on the synthetics. Sometimes people argue because there is that sort of difference, because there's a very key difference between, you know, 80s inspired 
and, you know, yeah. just sort of new retro music where it's got the 80s influence. I think, you know, Kavinsky always comes up as being like a yeah. a very hot topic, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got people who just hate him so much. <laughs> and then, you know, other people who are just happy because he brings exposure to this type of music. I think sometimes people just have... They're upset when things are classified incorrectly. You know, like a lot of people always talk about Kavinsky like it's so 80s and it really isn't. Yeah. And it, But even with your music, it's funny because it isn't 80s music essentially. But when I first heard it, it brought me back to that time, even though it was sort of like new sounding music. It has like, you know, like the fidelity of new music. Mm. Yet there was something nostalgic about it in a weird way, which I guess is what you're going for. Yeah, definitely. Um what I want to take in 80s music is the melody work. You hear all those soundtracks and you recognize them. Mm -hmm. You know, the Rocky soundtracks, stuff like that. Yeah. You, you know them. And that's just what I wanted to make with my music, but not really making it that cheesy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. Mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I think back to watching, you know, like Terminator, for instance, just the melody of older video games, uh, you know, 80s movies and stuff that they always had, they had a lot of like these defined tunes. Yeah. Things you could sing or hum when the movie was over. And then yeah, when, there haven't been as many of those lately. That's exactly what I wanted to do. I don't know if I really managed to do it properly, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Terminator theme. It's really something you can sing when you're taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Terminator theme, what I love is when a movie theme or a game theme is versatile enough that it can be both sad and exciting, depending on how it's played. Because mm. that's what I love about the Terminator song. It can be played during an action scene if you want to. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the... Doo, 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 or whatever. But then... Then they can play it with pianos while while Sarah O'Connor and Reese like have sex. And then it's all of a sudden like a, you know, romantic yeah. song to have sex to. And then it can be a sad song if the Terminator is going to dump himself in a fire or whatever. They take the same tune and it works in so many different ways. Yeah, exactly. Is the French word for theme tem? No. Yes, it is. Tem. La tem. La tem or le tem? Le tem. Le tem. Le thème de Terminator, no, how would you say, le, le Terminator, le, fuck. Le Terminator. Le Terminator, <laughs> la, le, le thème de la Terminator avec euh, les robots. <laughs> Comment on dit robots? Le, les robots. Les robots, it is les robots, okay. Avec euh, les robots de, les robots de futur euh, qui euh, allaient au le, le temps présent. No, that's not right. <laughs> Qui vont dans le présent. Les robots qui vont dans le présent. Les robots qui vont dans le présent. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. There, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get involved with um, Hotline Miami? It was really simple, actually. The developers contacted me and uh, I told them if they wanted, I could make some tracks for their game. And uh, they said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they contact you in the first place? They contacted me about my artworks and they asked me who made uh, the artworks of my albums. So then I told them it was uh, Michael Brun, aka Lueur Verte. <laughs> and then I told them, yeah, if they, if they wanted some music, 
I could make uh, some for him. I should explain why I just laughed there. Uh, because I think I'm going to play this episode with you before I play the one I did with Jake. Because uh, uh, Jake Freeman and I recorded a special episode. Yeah. Which I haven't aired yet. Uh, where we have a great deal of difficulty pronouncing Louis Vert. Louis, fuck, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lueur Vert. Lueur. Lueur. Lueur Vert. Comme ça? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so there's like a big section of us for like five minutes trying to pronounce that word. So that's why I'm chuckling, but no one will hear that until later on. But anyway, go on. So Mikael made your artwork. Yeah, and uh, the guy from Auckland, Miami, they wanted the same art artwork as me. And uh, so I told them it was Lure Vert. And then I told them, if you want some tracks for your game, I can make some. And they told, oh, yeah, that, that would be cool. We need uh, one disco track, etc. I made the tracks, and here we go. <laughs> My understanding is that the actual track Miami Disco wasn't even called that. Yeah, it's a, a very cliche name. Mm -hmm. They asked for um, a track that would be played in a nightclub uh, level, a very disco track. So I made the track and sent them a file named Outline Miami Disco Track. Right. And then uh, I I didn't change the name and then just and they just went with Miami Disco. Right, okay. I didn't choose that name. <laughs> <laughs> well it's a fucking kick ass song. Thanks. Night Driving Avenger was already out. Had you already done Terror 404? Yeah, also. I've already released at that time uh, my first EP and another one called Nocturne City and uh, my album Terror 404. And I was right in the middle of making the album I Am The Night. Tell me a bit about uh, Terror 404 then. Was it about anything? Was it a, just a collection of songs or did you have a vision for the whole thing? It was just a compilation of tracks I made, and I thought, yes, they will go well each other. Right. At the time, I didn't have a, a really precise idea of what I wanted to do. I just did it. Like I didn't expect it to be listened to, really. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yeah, probably my friends will listen to it someday, and that's just it. You've got a, a John Holmes reference. 
it's a running gag in my house because my my mom one day like saw the entire biography of John Holmes and uh, we we laughed about that and I made that track. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I, I thought this guy was awesome. <laughs> I think my favorite track on there is Shadow Force 84. inspired by the um, Phantasm soundtrack. I don't know if you know that movie. Yeah, Phantasm. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it, to be honest with you. It's it's a weird movie, man. Like, really weird. But the soundtrack is awesome. When did you meet um, Jake? Because you guys have done, you know, some compilations. And, like, I talked to him, uh, Protector 101. Jake is probably my oldest producer friend if you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. he discovered my tracks on SoundCloud, my first EP. When I posted it, he posted uh, some comments on it. Then we we message uh, each other and we begin to be friends. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is about your kind of two different styles that sort of complement each other? Well, I, I know that... Um, I'm I'm always struggling to do like the best mix between in a track. I mean, as the best mix between soundtracky and being able to dance to it. And I always admired the fact that Jake do all these soundtrack things without even a lot of Protector 101 tracks. You can't even dance to it. There, his his music is fucking scary. I know, like when I did. <laughs> And it, it's really good. And it's funny because, you know, when I, when I was going to do his interview and I was listening to his music at nighttime, like sort of preparing, and then I was like, holy shit, like I've just been <laughs> listening to like this terrifying music. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I know what you mean. Like, it's not afraid to be what it is, right? It's just pure like soundtrack. Exactly. I'm more like, especially right now, I'm more into like making beats and stuff. Yeah. So that's where we complement each other. 
What is Jean-Yves Moustache? <laughs> I, I have a question for you, too. Where did you find that? Where, where did you <laughs> find that? <laughs> How do you know about that? I do. <laughs> I do my research. Okay. I think I saw you had posted something on Twitter, I think, a while ago. Okay. Well, Jean-Yves Moustache is my happy alter ego. <laughs> When I do tracks, sometimes I don't like the tracks that I do, mm -hmm. so I just go, okay, let, let's make it a fun track, like a, a very cliche track. Mm -hmm. Usually it ends being a Jean-Yves Moustache track. to have like that old school uh, French singing on there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to find a bad French singer to sing on, on my Jean-Yves Moustache track. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing, actually. Like, just how funny that. <laughs> J'aime beaucoup le moustache. <laughs> I was so pissed off. I went and bought a television. Yeah. It was cheap. But yeah. for some reason, I don't know if they do this in France, but they started, I guess, charging a recycling fee on the televisions. Oh. And it was supposed to be a certain price. And then they added like an extra 50 bucks. To get rid of your old TV. Yeah, except I wasn't getting rid of an old TV. So it, it's just a fee that the stores charge now. And uh, I didn't know <laughs> that they were going to do that to me. So I had this sort of plan as to like how much things were going to cost. Well, in France, you don't have that. We have a day, a special day called uh, Les Encombrants which means the, like, the Expendables. You mean like the movie, The Expendables? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a day where you can take your, your old furnitures and put them in the street for people to take it. We do that in the city, like when we do Garbage Day, people just like throw their furniture and shit on the, uh, on the lawn and then people can uh, go collect it if they want it. If not, then the garbage truck will take it away. It's the same thing here. Just get rid of your old TV and buy a new one. I want my 50 bucks back. That's what I want. <laughs> I'm too stubborn and proud to ask for refunds. I'm not good at going back into stores and, and refunding things. I just feel like an asshole. I don't know why. I mean, I, sh I should do it. People do it all the time. Yeah. Once I buy something, I just feel weird going back into the store and going like, give me my money back. <laughs> I'm the same as you. Now, I'm always waiting in line behind people 
who are returning their things. I don't want to be like those people. I don't ever want to hold up the line for some reason. Yeah, you, you just don't want to be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Am The Night, Yeah, which is the album that I bought. So that was the one that I found when I found your stuff. Mm. Is fucking wicked. Like, it's a, such a wicked album. Thanks. So first off, uh, Retro Genesis is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's everyone's favorite. It's a really awesome song. I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite because there's a couple others that I, I really dig. But Retro Genesis is, is wicked. And I noticed, too, this one, you have a lot more um, collaborations with other artists. Yeah. But I, I can see that there's a certain sound that you like with your vocals. Like, you tend to like that sort of dreamy sounding yeah. vocals, like in, in the track uh, Naked Tongues and, and Desire. Mm. Did that just work out that that was the way that, that the vocalist sort of sang? Or was that your instruction? Or was that just what the music made them do most of the time when i do like vocal tracks i tend to leave the singer i tend to just say say to him be free to do whatever you want and usually i, I take singers i really trust like i already know their work and stuff like that so i know i can trust them and uh they can do whatever they want really like on i am the night as uh, the track naked tongues the singer Isabella Goloversic, she actually like found the name of the track. So uh, she wrote the lyrics and made up the name for it. And that uh, actually ended up very well on that album. It goes very well with the, the other sounds, which are more dark.
there I know there's one they say in Quebec, but I don't know if it translates if it's French or if it's just Quebec swearing. They say tabernacle like that. Yeah, we say tabernacle. What's the literal translation of that? I don't know, man. <laughs> we just, in French, we just say to make fun of Canadian language. Oh. <laughs> Because I think I know what enculé means. Basically, it's fucker. And that's the worst one, right? Isn't that the worst one? Oh, no. It's uh, worse than that. <laughs> really? I always thought that was yeah. the worst one. No, they're like, uh, fils de pute, which is son of a bitch. That's worse? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. So in, in English, it's sort of backwards then, because the son of a bitch is a tame one, unless you're like... <laughs> if it was a choice between calling somebody a son of a bitch or a fucker... What seems to be the problem? Death. Death. Well, I'm afraid that's a little out of my jurisdiction. You, I want more life. Fucker. Another track I really dig is Ghost Dancers Slay Together. Yeah. That's a cool track. I like when it all sort of, it does that build up, and I've always really dug the sort of the tune of it. What I notice about your music is that it has this sort of 80s influence, but there is this kind of 90s industrial kind of momentum to the songs. There's these driving kind of bass lines and stuff. And in Price of Failure, it really reminded me of, of some of the quieter like Nine Inch Nails tracks. Mm. And so that's why I thought, oh, for sure, this dude was like, he's the same age as everybody else. And in the 90s, he was listening to Nine Inch Nails. And, you know, this is where the sound came from. And so when I realized that might not be the case, that's what was sort of very interesting. Like, do you, do you know what stuff I'm kind of talking about? Yeah, I know. Again, my parents are very, especially my mom, uh, very huge fan of Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Early Nine Inch Nails. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably where the better stuff was. With this track, especially, I just wanted to end uh, the album on a sad note, mm -hmm. <laughs> really. I just wanted to do that. So it came up like that. And the thing with uh, the industrial sound, like you say, it's because I'm a huge sci-fi guy. Mm -hmm. I love Blade Runner and stuff like that. So um, I tend to implement my music with industrial sounds to make it sound more futuristic. Right. Like if it were in the 80s, but with a vision of the future, if you know what I mean.
I haven't made it this far yet in Hotline Miami, but apparently, I, I think I read a post somewhere where you say that you make, like, an appearance in the game, but I find that the game is so fucking hard that I, <laughs> I'm on... <laughs> I'm on chapter three and I'm stuck in this part where you gotta you run in the room and there's like a shotgun in the center but every time I run for it there's like four dudes shooting at me you're bad at this chapter three man (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big gamer but I I tend to like games that aren't necessarily very hard the games that I like are the ones that are just really big and long (laughs) yeah (laughs) sounds like I'm talking about dicks (laughs) (laughs) i just like when there's a lot of content you know what i mean i like games like elder scrolls you know uh, skyrim and and you know grand theft auto you know games where there's a lot to do but you don't you don't really struggle too long to to beat them so you know i'll still play games with a challenge but i find i just kind of quit a lot sooner than i used to when i was young when i was young i could really play a game for a really long time and now if i die like two or three times i'm just like fuck this <laughs> i'll tell me i mean is uh i think that the game the genre of the game is called a, a die and retry it's basically made specially to be annoying <laughs> <laughs> you die so much time that you, you your brain goes off mm-hmm. and you just keep going and yeah, I make an appearance, an appearance in the nightclub chapter. I played AJ, and you can't, you can't kill me. Do they have like your face, or are you just like a little tiny dude like on the screen? I- I'm a little tiny dude on the screen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> well, that's cool. Are you going to be involved with the sequel, or is that secret? Yeah, I'm going to be involved. I can't say much about it, but I'm going to be involved. Okay, cool. I mean, it's like it's a cool game. It's just. <laughs> It's just really hard. I was hoping to get to the part that you were in so I could talk to you about it. Because I knew I said like, oh, he makes an appearance. That's fun. I'll, I'll, I'll get to the disco level. And then I didn't quite make it to the disco. But I have seen you in um, Grand Theft Auto and you kind of dressed up your dude kind of like you, right? You got the jacket on there and you have a car with a, a logo on it. Yeah. I was actually going to talk about that because we played GTA uh, together before. And I don't know if, if you felt this way because, I mean, I've been talking about GTA a lot to everybody because, you know, everybody in the world is playing it. Yeah. But the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of disappointed with the soundtrack. Yeah, me too, man. Th- that's the first thing I was disappointed by was the soundtrack. Even in Grand Theft Auto 4, I really liked driving around to the the Journey radio station. Yeah, J- Journey was the best radio station in, in GTA 4. Especially when you like would drive on the highway and then you'd play Journey and then you would hit the cin- cinematic camera button. Yeah. I used to do that all the time. And I just find <laughs> with this game, I just like there's no radio station that I really have that same sort of connection to. And and also, too, even though there's a lot of songs, I seem to hear the same ones a lot. Yeah, I feel, uh, I know what you mean. Every time I turn on the radio, there's this one rap song that's always, it's always that one. I'm trying to remember which one it is. Smoking and riding, smoking and riding, smoking and riding. The gangsta gives and we cruising down these ghetto streets. There's just these specific songs that always seem to be playing. And there's this really annoying song on the, like the, there's like a Spanish one. Yeah. And there's this song that just has like this beeping noise in it. (laughs) 
just goes like yeah it's awful man it's awful especially when you play online when you make races it seems to be a default radio station that plays and always it's this track yeah with all of the customization that's going in and the idea that they want people to play the online for a long time, yeah. you'd think they would have allowed custom soundtracks. Yeah. You know, because I was really looking forward to just putting all the synthwave on my PlayStation and just uh, having that be the soundtrack of the game. That's exactly what I make. When I play GTA Five. I turn the music down and play my own synthwave music, mm-hmm. Miami Nights and stuff like that. It goes better with the game. I really like the score, the Grand Theft Auto score. So, you know, like when you do missions and it plays. I heard it was like Tangerine Dream. What? Is it? Yeah, it's Tangerine Dream. Is that like just a rumor or is that for real? I think it's for real, man. Because that music's awesome. Like anytime they turn the radio off and they play like the score music, it really makes (laughs) the missions that much cooler. But then the second the radio starts up again and it's just. Who did the artwork on the the Sexualizer EP? It's a friend of mine called uh, Ariel Zuckerbrule, but he's a a comic book illustrator. Okay. He's very talented. Well, because it's cool looking art. It's definitely very sort of different. Yeah. What was the instruction? Like when you said, uh, can you do this? Like, did you just say it's called sexualizer or did you say make sure there's some naked women's asses on there or what? I sent him a picture of me and I told him basically the album is called sexualizer and I want to see some naked chicks. (laughs) (laughs) I liked the collaboration you did with uh, Le Cassette. Oh, thanks. One of the best I made, I think. It's neat hearing the way that, you know, Adam sounds when they do, you know, Le Cassette stuff. Yeah. And then seeing how he sounds when he's on, you know, the Perturbator track. Because it, it, it again, almost has that, that dreamlike quality again to it. Definitely. Um, I always wanted to work with him. So uh, the collaboration went very well, actually. Like always, I told him, do whatever you feel like. And uh, he did. He pulled it off really well. Did you explain to him that uh, Le Cassette is uh, incorrect French grammar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told him one, one time. I told him, yeah, in French we say la cassette. Yeah. And and he basically said, yeah, we know, but we made that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's a little uh, emasculating if you have la as your band name and you're just a bunch of dudes. (laughs) They want to make sure it stays masculine, so it's... Yeah. (laughs) It's not the same as it once was.
I know you're working on something right now. Yeah. How's that going? Uh, pretty well. I'm just almost finished to make an album. It took me one year, actually, to make that one. I wanted to take my time with this one. Mm -hmm. uh, and it will be my first physical release. Your previous releases were all just you, but then Sexualizer was on Aphasia. Mm. Now is the new one also going to be Aphasia? Uh, no, it's a tricky one. Uh, I release the album uh, myself on my Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. And uh, Telefuture, the, la the label, will handle the physical copies. All right, well, that's cool. Yeah. What release date are you targeting? Probably January. What's happening in the meantime? Do you have like all the tracks worked out or are you just doing a lot of uh, finessing and fixing at this point? Or? It's pretty much finished. I'm just waiting from, for some featurings, like vocal features. Right, right, right. It must be tricky sitting on it for so long because don't you find after a while you'll be tempted to start changing things just because you're you've heard it too much or well the worst thing is when you have like this kind of project when you make an album you kind of have to listen to it all the time mm -hmm. to hear if there are like uh, mistakes mm -hmm. especially after a year you start thinking it sounds bad like you, you don't like it yeah so right now I'm pretty sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I listen to it every time in order to make it perfect. Mm -hmm. I, I hope that, like, if you listen to it with fresh ears, it'll sound good. That must be the trickiest thing. I mean, there's a lot of goodwill within the Synthwave community, and I know you've got some fans, and so it must be hard when you're not getting that sort of immediate feedback. Yeah. It would change your perspective if, you know, you have somebody you know, send you a Twitter and just say, you know, oh, this album's really awesome. But since you're sort of, it's just you right now, you know. Yeah, basically. I tend to ask some friends, especially producers. Mm -hmm. I tend to send them some tracks to hear what they think about it. And usually they like it. That helps me. When we talked before, we were talking about the laws in France because I was telling you how I have French relatives and, you know, we'd, we would visit France and my dad would always just think everything in France was so amazing. And then uh, we yeah. went to France and my like one of my first experiences was just seeing this dude piss all over the road. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK. And then you were telling me that that was actually like like a law. Yeah, there's a law about pissing in the streets and that it was recently changed i'm not 100 percent sure about that but recently five years ago or six years ago you had the right to piss on the streets when you are a man you had the right to piss on the street in paris <laughs> people when visiting paris there was like so much dudes pissing on the streets <laughs> it, it was too much to handle <laughs> They made, they made that low. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, that's about as good of a a line as any to end on. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> do you have anything you wanted to, to say or mention or anything? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you have a good fucking French afternoon or I guess it's uh, it's nighttime in France now, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah nighttime. You're going to have a fucking delightful French evening. Exactly. A fucking great... <laughs>
you're gonna have a baguette, a croque monsieur, <laughs> a verre de vin. No, you don't say verre de vin, do you? Yes, we say verre de vin. Verre de vin? I have a, a fucking great verre de vin <laughs> and a fucking great Tour Eiffel. Uh, <laughs> and especially a, a fucking great fromage. <laughs> Is this what I sound like when I'm saying <laughs> Euh, J'aime beaucoup le fromage, j'aime beaucoup le Tour Eiffel, le Champs-Élysées, le Arc de Triomphe. Anyways, man, uh, it was good talking to you. Thanks. Me too. <laughs> I look forward to uh, hearing more of your music because I think it's fucking awesome. Thanks. I should thank you for indirectly getting me into this scene, even though it wasn't technically you personally, but I mean, it was... It was your music that sort of brought me in, so... This means a lot. Thanks. It's uh, why I'm doing this right now, and it's I've, you know, met a whole bunch of really cool people, and I don't know. That's, <laughs> that, that's as close as I'm going to get to being sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, you have a great evening, and baguette, and fromage, and uh, la musique électronique. Thanks. <laughs> A great hamburger evening. Well, hamburgers are amazing, man. Those are my favorite food. <laughs> I'm a great uh, Burger King. Well, maybe not Burger King. <laughs> Do they still have Burger Kings in France? In Paris, we have just like one Burger King. It's expensive though in France, isn't it? I remember being like that. It, I found that it was really expensive when we were there. Well, everything is expensive in France. <laughs> <laughs> but the wine isn't, right? I thought wine was cheaper. No, good, good wine. Like, real, real good wine is pretty expensive. Well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just sort of should point out now that I'm really terrible at ending the show. <laughs> anyway, man, you take care, and it was good talking to you. Thanks. You too, man. All right, man. Alrighty, that was my conversation with Perturbator, a really talented dude. I've always really loved his music, and uh, we had a fun talk. So that's the end of that. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you tune in next week. And as promised, here is a little sample of Perturbator's upcoming album, which releases in 2014.
Here we go. 